Heyo, Johnny Dumas here, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, and welcome to Team Engineered. If you're looking to lead a team of engineers or engineer your team for greatness, tune in now with your podcast hosts, Jade Green and Kyle Probert, and be prepared to ignite. Well, I guess it has been a challenging week, but we don't need to swear. It's Friday. I'm going on holidays tomorrow, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, you're, you're, I think you're, uh, now I was going to swear because I believe you said, fuck it, I'm just going on holidays. Fuck it, I'm just going to Queensland. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Potentially, if they let us out, if we're allowed to cross borders. If, if we're allowed to cross the border and however all of that works, but we're just going to give it a go and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, awesome. So we were toying up uh, earlier on in the week. We're like, what do we want? What do we want to do the show on this week? Because we've got a whole list of topics that we we want to do. Lots of ideas, lots of things that come up, and we usually do. It's usually sort of on Tuesdays in the team huddle and the marketing huddle. We're like, okay, what's come up for us this week that we that we want to discuss? Like, what's been a pointy and pointed topic? And we were both like. Actually, I don't know. Nothing's really coming through. What what we what we should um, go with first, or nothing that was specific. And usually, it's like, oh yeah, let's that happened. Let's run with that. And then all of a sudden, I get this random message from you going, "I'm listening to a podcast of Joe Rogan and Quentin Tarantino." And I'm like, "What could go wrong with that?" And and who wouldn't want to listen to that? Like. It, it just screams, turn me on and let's, let's hear what the story is. So yeah. it was, I have to say, it wasn't as messed up as I thought it was going to be. And maybe well, you, you're, maybe you, you seem a little disappointed. <laughs> maybe Quentin Tarantino is not quite as messed up as we all thought, but it, I guess what really struck me and, and it really applies to leading a team or leading a business or anything else was um, Quentin Tarantino back in um, the early 90s absolutely revolutionized the movie industry, you know, and did it off the back of you can't do that. You just, you just can't do it. Turning. Yeah, you can't do that. No, no, you can't do that. And even to the point of casting Patrick Swayze into that, posi- into that, um, that role, yeah, Patrick Swayze? Told, no. John Travolta. Sorry. Oh. I see there it's was been another one conversation of about there was another conversation. So John Travolta into that role. And you know, you can't do that. Like that's he's the wrong person. He only does yeah. like, you know, talking babies and stuff. Yeah, like, bubblegum film. <laughs> but as it turns out, was absolutely the perfect person for that role. So it left left me thinking about you know, having your your spot, your your DNA in your team and your DNA in your business or mm. whatever you're trying to create, because at the end of the day, that's why you're amazing. That's why you're doing what you're doing. And that's why you should be leading that team is to bring that DNA. So that's what led me to think about this week. How do you how do you bring that that into your team? How do you um, why is that important? Because we're all used to being told, you know, you can't do that. Don't do that. That's wrong. Um, and bringing it into the team and, and really sharing that with the world. I love it. Uh, I actually got so, I've, I'm not even halfway through the podcast with Joe and Quentin, but last night I, you know, you know me, Kyle, you know that uh, there's always a running joke of how long, like there's bets on how long I'll make it through a movie because it's usually between 10 and 15 minutes before I'm down for the count. Well, uh, after we got through Reservoir Dogs last night and I was like, you do realize we're watching Pulp Fiction now, right? It's <laughs> like, nice. you're still alive? Uh, so I rolled into Pulp as well because it's my favorite. Um, but there was so many things that were coming up for me in terms of building teams and profiling and all of that. So there's probably a couple of uh, elements that I want to run with this podcast. But if we circle back around with what you were saying, um, so... Quentin Tarantino was told, because Pulp Fiction came after Reservoir Dogs, so he kind of proved to them then, even though they're like, you've got to take this out and you can't do it, and he's like, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. And and then it came to doing um, Pulp Fiction, and, and they said, okay, you can write a massive list of who you want to cast and 
once we've signed off on that, you can go with anyone. And so they made the massive list. And I, I, I linked this little piece to recruitment, right? So you should always have a massive list of who you potentially want on your team. Like a t and, he, and he literally called it his talent pool. And his yeah. talent pool. And he went to Harvey and, um, and he's like, yeah, you can keep everyone on the list except for two. One of them being, Tarrant, uh, being uh, John Travolta. And him standing firm that he's like, well, I didn't even write the part for Travolta at that point. Like it was written for Michael, whatever his name is. But yep. he's like, but it was kind of like when he said no, then I was like, it's him. <laughs> it's gotta be him. And like, but going through and ha the, the fact of having a massive talent pool and a list and thinking about it um, and then thinking about like, yeah, standing, standing your ground and where you're willing to stand your ground for something and how you infuse the uniqueness of you into something. So there was a couple of layers of that, like have the talent pool, know that you've got a bank of people, um, building the credibility in advance to be able to stand your ground, like you've, you've earned your stripes almost to, to be able to go into bat. Um, but when it comes to the infusing of the, the uniqueness that is you, like you, you can't watch a Tarantino film and not know it's a Tarantino film, right? Like That's right. he, yeah, he agreed. And what he said was what I loved, and this is about that uniqueness and, and the fact that it's a uniquely Tarantino thing is when people are like, oh, you're trying to copy Pulp Fiction or you, they're making movies and aren't you pissed off that people are trying to copy your movies? And he's like, no, I'm not pissed off. I'm stoked. I created a genre. I created this. I've, I've shifted the whole industry. And yeah, that, that's the amazing thing to think about is that, you know, he did like early 90s, absolutely shifted the industry. Yeah. And created a whole sub genre of gangster films. And then there was this like, what, what I think there is though, is there's like that DNA of a Tarantino movie of what makes it a Tarantino movie. And like, that's what you can have with your culture DNA, right? Like it's, it's almost like, to, to be a film like his, it's got to have like the awesome dialect and it's got the certain way it's shot and the way the scenes go between and certain level of violence. And, um, but there's even like theming and music, like it's, it's got an essence like a business should like with their culture. So that it's like, this is you, there is some consistency to how it rolls, but it is unique and it, it comes from the head down, right? So it comes from Tarantino and Tarantino's uniqueness and willing to stand his ground and willing to take the risk like when um i love the story with reservoir where miramax bought reservoir dogs and they're like everybody can come see this film until it gets to the to the torture scene and then as soon as you if you put the torture scene in you lose all the women except for this one obviously um but <laughs> but you you just your viewership cuts and you're like niching down on your audience and the for Tarantino to go, do you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna niche down, but this it reminded me of Seth Godin um, saying like minimum viable audience, and like speak to only those that you want to speak to. Like it's cut the crap, you know, be who you're for. Don't try to please everybody. Only only be for who you are for. And him like it's kind of like he totally profiled his avatar, and he's like, you know what? I'm okay with not being mass audience. I'm okay with not appealing to the women. I'm okay with lasering my focus in because the people who get it will get it. And, and then fuck that's it, my movie. And fuck it, it's my movie. And by, but by doing that, that's how he, like if he did, that's like a defining point in time. If he didn't in that moment say, no, the torture scene stays. No, I, I'm going to, I'm happy to lose that viewership. That genre would never have been created. And we would never have had Pulp Fiction. And that would just be a travesty to all humanity. And, you know, so for me, what it, what it really brought me back to thinking about, and I, I think um, you've, prob you've probably been through the same thing in, in your business life where, you know, you sort of, you work in this business, you work in this team, um, and you sort of start to wonder, you know, do I need to do this because that's what everybody does you know like mm. do i need to have a, a you know a monday morning team meeting because that's what everyone does with a team or, yeah that's what you're you know, supposed do to do I... start mondays off by kicking everyone's ass and making sure they know what they've got to do yeah or you know do i have to 
um, you know, do I have to have a act a particular way with my shareholders or with my stakeholders in the business or you know, do I have to dress a particular way because I'm the boss and do I have to answer the phone a particular way and um, have a have a stuffy suit and you know, all of those sorts of things it, it sort of it wound me back to to that point where I, I know myself where it was sort of like geez I've got to do all of these things because you know this this is my life now this is where I am mm. and you know really what I should have done was continued marching on what I was doing yeah 100 percent. and so many of those elements just you just said there in terms of this is how everyone else is doing it like Monday morning meetings like I think I did a I did a rant uh, a little while ago, death to the Monday morning meeting. Um, because no one wants, like, if you want a way to demotivate your staff and get them coming in, like, dreading Mondays and being flat and probably with a hangover, serve them up a beating every Monday morning. That'll, that'll fucking make them want to get out of bed and race on into you, right? That won't make them want to drink on a Sunday. But I used it's... to work for a guy and, and he... Um... It was his joke, but it was actually 100% true that his staff would walk in with crash hats on, like motorbike helmets on a Monday morning, ready for the beatings. And, you know, it, it started off as a joke, but that was the culture that he built. Yeah. And ego, and ego probably made him want to keep it too, right? Um, he was a very short dude. But, like, one thing I love about even your team, like, Huddles is on Tuesday. Like, because everyone's got shit they've got to get done on Monday. They We don't want them coming in thinking, they like, oh, God, we've got to start with another meeting. Our meetings are a little bit different anyway. Like, there's a whole other spin on that. But what I do challenge everyone, like, maybe if you're watching right now, start making a list. What's the things that you do in your business that you kind of do unconsciously because just because that's how you thought business was or when you work somewhere else, that's how a team must run. Monday morning meetings, Friday afternoon, check in, or like, and wearing wearing a suit or wearing a certain style of clothing or yeah, having a certain type of behavior. Or the one that we see really commonly is as soon as someone steps up to be the leader of a team, their whole personality changes and the people they were friends with anymore, they're not friends with them anymore and they talk to them differently or they feel like, they can no longer share what's going on in their world because now I'm the boss. I can't I can't interact with the mere mortals and I can't be seen as a mere mortal. And, <laughs> and, and, and it is, it's something that comes up so much. You, do, you see it so much where um, uh, someone, someone in the team, you know, they, they're, they're, let's say they're promoted and it's probably not a great description, but they're promoted into the, the team leader's role. And you know, they, they instantly have a change of mindset, but so do their team. And really, I think it's a complete misconception of what the roles should be, you know, like um, gone are the days of the Monday morning, kick everyone in the ass and Friday afternoon, kick them even harder because we didn't do it all. You know, really what we need to be thinking about, and, and we talk about it in our own team, is, you know, that team leader is the hurdle clearer. They're the one that's that's clearing the way so that everyone else can get the shit done and do the things that they need to do, and you know they put what, what we need our teams to see is that they're they're just a they're a spot for us to work to. There's someone else that we can lean on to help us get our jobs done, not someone that's going to be kicking us because shit's not happening. Yeah, and the leader should be really going. Where did I clear the hurdles to set them up? Like, how did I? What could I, what else could I have done to set them up to be able to get it done? Uh, a little bit of we've talked about extreme ownership before but going okay well if it's constant if you're constantly having to kick a team you need to like the definition of insanity if you're kicking them every monday kicking them every time you have a meeting what what needs to change where where does the different need to be why isn't it the message getting heard or like are the other goalposts unrealistic like have you not have you looked at the happiness level of the team because we know happiness is the greatest hack to productivity and profitability. So like if you're constantly making them miserable and using a stick and it's not working, well, it's not working. Try something else. What else could you do? Um, how could you inject a bit of you into it? Because the thing that we're finding, like we've heard this all as well, right? People don't leave um, companies, they leave managers. And sorry, business owners, that means they leave you 
Like, if you're the owner, they're leaving you as well. Um, so you've got to think about how can you show up authentically as you? Because unless you're a complete dickhead, right, the minute you can start showing more of you and being more authentic, the trust level goes up with the team too, right? And the one thing, like I've been doing one-on-ones for the last two weeks and getting feedback from team members uh, across a couple of different companies. And the thing, the, the number one thing that has come out of these is that the story that they tell themselves about what's happening with the manager. And I, I think I've mentioned this to you because you're a star profile and I've got another uh, client that's star profile and has a bunch of um, opposite sort of profile in their team as well. And stars don't realize the energy and, and the magnitude of what their energy does to people. And so they tell a big story to themselves about what's happening if, if the leader's energy is off and they do radiate at that level. And so some of the feedback has been that as soon as they know, like if something else is happening in the background, like I'm busy, I've got this on, or something's gone south in my personal life, or like me having to share to my team um, just yesterday that Steve's broken his ankle and I've still got a migraine, I'm not, I'm not avoiding you guys, or I'm not snapping, like I was quite short on some messages I realized because my, my eyes were hurting. So like, you know, I normally voice memo, but then I was in the hospital and I couldn't do that. And then I was like, oh shit, the story that they're telling themselves because they don't know what's going on could be that I'm pissed off because something was supposed to get done that didn't get done. And they were telling me not to worry doing something else because they dropped the ball. But I was like, I'm totally fine with it. It actually clears my plate for something anyway. So I wasn't pissed. But <laughs> but the meaning, like the story they could have been telling themselves because they didn't know what was going on in the background might have been, I'm pissed off, I'm angry. Now I don't want to tell you something else because now it's going to compound. And as soon as I was like, oh, by the way, everyone's like, oh, how can we help? And when I was doing those one-on-ones for the last few weeks, the each one of the staff had said that their compassion level when they found out about the other thing that was going on for the leaders in their, their home life was like, what can I do to help? How can I, how can I reduce the stress or get this done or do this? instantly and my, my um my other client was like oh i thought that they'd see it as weakness if they thought that i couldn't handle the stress yep if they if they like and or that i dropped the ball on this other project and and so they'd think less of me nobody thought that at all and it was just an instant so it's like these are some of the things that other businesses don't do it's like Okay, where, where can you show more of you? Where can you open up? And like, the thing is when we, and that, that one might've been perceived failure on a specific thing, we're telling this team, we want you to have the safety to try things and fail because every fail is, a, is a going forward, right? Fail forward and the, the, the quicker we do it, the quicker we iterate. But then we're, if we're scared to, to share something that we think could be perceived as a failure, what, how are they gonna have the permission? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's something that we also forget is that, um, you know, we don't necessarily want to share our burdens and share that with everyone around us. And you know, maybe, maybe we should not see it that way, but see it as, you know, we're just sharing what's going on so that everyone understands why we're as we are at the moment. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this before. It's not about you don't have to come in and air all your dirty laundry or say all the stuff. It can be literally as, as much as, I've got something going on yep. and it's not you it's just this um yep. but also i think a lot of um i see a lot in in leaders like another um new client that i picked up there they're in a more traditional service industry where it's there's you know used to wear suits and you know got to be compliant and serious yep but the leader is really you can see constrained Again, star creator. <laughs> what's it? What's with these stuff? I just attract, attract, attract like attracts life, right? <laughs> um, and thought they couldn't show their personality and be as fun and carefree and lit up because maybe people won't think they're as trustworthy or um, as serious or as compliant. And I'm like, you've got people that doesn't do that stuff. Like they're the compliance people. Like people come to you because they love you. How can you be more you? How can you inject, like, 
you you can still be fun and have integrity. Yep. Yes, definitely. And um, it's the I, for me, it's the difference between casual and informal. Mm. You know, it's you, you don't you don't have to be. Um, and I'm, something else that I've also spoken about with my team is is it's who you're dealing with as well. So having some respect with everyone else around you. So if if your team if you want to create a, a more informal environment, you know, not necessarily casual, but you know, a bit more informal. We we don't have to wear a suit, we don't have to wear a tie or whatever it is. Yeah, that's all okay as long as that's still projecting the right message with your team and certainly with your customers. Yeah, you know, like um, if you're if you're walking into a high rise office block in the middle of Sydney or Melbourne and everyone in your audience is wearing a suit and tie and you walk in in board shorts and thongs, all you're doing is showing disrespect to the people you're going to visit. Unless you're Branson. Well, even still, <laughs> I, I still, you know, I, I don't think it really matters who you are. If, if, you're, if you're going to spend the time to go and see that audience, you know, sometimes you need to put a little more effort in and yeah. be a little more different to what you would be. Meet them where so they're at. They, yeah, meet them, Sorry? meet them where they meet, meet them where they're at. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I changed up from like when I was in um, recruitment previously, like I've talked about, was always in the pinstripe man suit. Oh yes, please, I've been dying. Cheers. <laughs> mm. Yes. 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 Mm. Um. I always wore, and, and mainly it helped, it definitely helped me to start off with, like dress for the job that you want and also for the respect. And then coming into recruitment, being a five foot, like blonde, miniature human at, what was I then, 24 years old or something, wanting to walk into a boardroom of suits and like walk into Google and get, get credibility. I couldn't do that dressed like your average, I couldn't go, I couldn't go in like this because they assign a meaning. So I started wearing, like I wore a proper man suit. But then as I went through my career, I was like, actually, is that what I want for my team to have to go through? And is this the right thing? And then we, we worked on, okay, well, how do we want to show up? So there was a really nice match in between of it. And like, how could you inject some of your personality into it? So like the guys, one of the guys loved crazy socks. So he'd wear his chinos and his signature thing was a pair of like, just out there socks or uh, and one of them in their blazer used to wear a, a pocket tooth uh, like again often matched your socks um, but a, there was still this element of polish and care and I think that that was the end that was the end result it was like you need to, you you need to look like you've put in an effort and that you've almost like we've cur curated our outfit so it looks like that we've got and there's a certain level like the girls no cleavage and and things like that because that would distract the eye um so like those sorts of things but it still allowed you to show who you were yep. and that was a big yep. change like because in the recruitment industry back then casual fridays was a thing <laughs> and there was the, but again it was still like it, it was more informal friday like you know nice jeans and a collared shirt and a blazer rather than a suit and we we're like fuck it Let's make every day casual Friday. And it was like, people were like, what do you mean? Like you, you guys aren't, you don't have to wear a tie every day. I'm like, nope. As long as you look good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you're still respecting everyone around you, but you're in, as you said, you're injecting that your DNA, your, your little element into that, that workplace and that environment and that, as you say, even the whole team becomes mm. more comfortable because they're riding on the back of your your DNA, your your uniqueness. Yeah. So when you like when you're listening to the Tarantino uh, thing and going, okay, how can you bring a bit more you? What else did it mean to you? Like what what came up? Where have you seen it in say uh, teams on site that you feel like if they just bought a little bit more them? It's. I think it's. Um... It's, it's a really hard one for someone stepping into a role and not, not necessarily having any sort of direction on what they can do and, and how to do it. But it can be, it can be as simple as 
um, yeah, this week I think the boys had dad jokes, didn't they? Um, uh, know, yes, they... I, I, uh, I wanted to change it up because usually we do the icebreakers and I felt like we needed a little bit more lightheartedness. So I tasked everyone with bringing a dad joke to the meeting. <laughs> and, but, uh, but why did I do that? Where would I have got that from? <laughs> so for everyone... They're not bad ones. <laughs> no, but, but you, like, if, if we were going to ask anyone on your team, and this comes from your team, like, what make, what's one of the things that makes Kyle Kyle? It's dad jokes. And so I went with, I, I didn't say just, like, come up with a joke or, 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 or bring something funny or bring a meme or anything. I specifically, it was dad jokes because it's your team and that's something that is a unique thing to you, something that they love about you and know about you. And it gives them something to play with that is that, again, it's that sense of belonging, of commonality. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it is just something, um, you know, it, it's just bringing that sort of thing into your interactions, you know, like, um, you know, tell, tell everyone tomorrow when you come in or Monday when you come in, bring your, bring your best dad joke. Tell me your best barbecue recipe you know what's what's the best where was the best um takeaway in town um yeah just just bring something human into the interaction and and let people feel it um you know as as the leader you know if if you're if you're talking um you know i love my barbecue and and you know this weekend i cooked up brisket and this is how i did it and you know even if that inspires your team to go and try something it's still bringing that culture and that idea into the team. And it's completely away from the things that um, might traditionally promote the team and make the team work, but it's the stuff that brings the team together that's important. Yeah, yeah it's that, that belonging. Like um, uh, Mitch and Greg, my uh, electrician's clients, that with the Super Saiyans and the, the um, Dragon Ball Z, the... I was like, oh my gosh, you're going to make me watch cartoons. I don't... And and all the girls on the team were like, what is this? But when we, we had their whole team sit down and watch it as a team, and now it's like an inside joke. And it comes from Greg and Mitch loving Dragon Ball Z. They've infused it into their whole business model, even with their clients and the team internally. And now they feel like they've got something that's a common ground, a language, and I kind of... <laughs> for some somehow I've managed to bring it into your team because Hayden had Super Saiyan hair on the call the other <laughs> the other afternoon because um, they heard me talking about it. But see how that's like just because the leaders brought something in. Now that's another little inside joke, and it's like this inside thing that they belong to and they light up. And so I reckon I would love to see in the comments. I don't know if I don't know if Ecam's bringing in the comments for me, so we may have to respond to them afterwards. Um, so people saw me testing the system the other day. So we're using Ecamm test stream through Restream to all of the things. Um, but sometimes the comments don't come through. But in the comments, I'd love to know what's something that's unique to you that you either do or you think now you could do in your meetings. Like what, what else could you bring into it? We're not going to talk about the artwork that goes on around here. <laughs> Do you know the, the artwork that I sent you? Do you know where that came from? <laughs> uh, I drew that lovingly for, for Joel. Yeah. No. He needed to no. know that I cared and I was part of the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when we're looking at that, I would say to people like, start reading books. Like if you're a leader of a business, whether you're a leader of a team, as a, like in a big organization, that's not your business or whether you're the leader within a small business or you're the owner of the business, start, start questioning everything. Like question everything, right? How you do your meeting? Does it feel good to you? Does it feel aligned to you? Is it actually getting the result that you want? And if the answer is no, go and find five books or podcasts that you could listen to. Like don't just do one and then adopt it because it's like the only thing you've done. Like, Go, go and like, okay, cool. How else could we run them? Maybe we could do scrum. Maybe we could do, um, 
what are they called? Level 10 meetings. Maybe we could do, like, and start to feel it out and create something that, that works for you that's uniquely yours. Like, I guarantee, even in most massive organizations, they put a team leader in, the team leader does whatever his team leader before him did, but there's there's never been a, like, it's very rare Sometimes there is, and some, there are some great organizations that go, this is the structure we run. We run Scrum and we run this. But there's a lot of places, especially um, engineering or trade space or service space, technology is different because they often, they like, they adopt a Scrum principle or, a, um, or an Agile or a whatever. But most organizations, it's only, you've taken on what someone else has done. It's not actually been a directive of the business of this is our operating procedure. So feel free to question it feel free to test it feel free to go you know what actually team i'd love your your feedback these are the books i've read or these are the podcasts i've listened to this is what i'm thinking anyone else want to go away and research it and make a suggestion and to circle back to what you said before about yeah make a list of all the things that you do just because yeah that's what you do i think also make a list of the things that you do that's uniquely you and identify where it works yeah, well, identify mm. if it is something that, that works, you know, you know do, do your jokes work or do they not? Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. does, does Dragon Ball upset people or does it bring them on board? You know, like mm. have a look at those things and, and don't be afraid to sort of amplify them somewhat and go, well, that works. That's, that's the stuff that's doing the things. And I want to, I want to make it more. I want to do more of it and I want to have more of it. Yeah. And just, even just change things up. I, I just had a thought about, so there was an organization that didn't do um, Monday meetings because thought of like, you know, no one wants a Monday meeting. When we actually talked to the team, the team were like, I lack motivation on a Monday. And we're like, what could we do? Huh, we could do motivation Mondays. And so it's, it's not actually a, how do you like team? It's not a business thing. It's a mindset thing. Yep. So how, like you can change it up in in that regard yeah and and look so some people do need that that start a week something you know that that change of change of pace, pace. from you know home to in the work or whatever it is and yeah that that's the kind of thing that's reliant but it doesn't have to be the the traditional ass kicking or the mm. the yelling or whatever it is and it doesn't necessarily have to be as you said it doesn't have to be right it's Monday morning. It's nine o'clock, and here's the things, and let's and this and, this, and we're going, and we're yeah. going, and we're going, and we're going, and we're going. Yeah, you know, it, it can be a little bit more of yeah. You know, okay, so what are you grateful about this week? Yeah, you know, what do yeah. you think is going to be the best part of this week? Um, what's going to be our biggest hurdle? And you know, what, what can we do to make sure that we maintain our our energy for the the whole week before we get to tomorrow and we start talking about what's going on? Mm. Yeah, and, and it could just be about connecting with the team like getting that connection piece because if teamwork is such a big piece and communication may have been low or connection might have been low or the relationships are strained or whatever maybe you could do just a quick thing on a monday morning that connects the team as a human so that they play better together later in the week <laughs> yeah. Yeah. when it when it is getting busy and when it does have to you know when it does matter and we do have to get things going mm. and we do have to be on the go you know at least then later in the week We've already warmed up. We're we're not just walking in the door and pow, here we go. Yeah, bang. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm just going to circle back to again to like some of the things that Tarantino was saying that I think is really good with building teams. And the it was around the 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 profiling, like making your role fit the person. So, like he said, I wrote this. I wrote this role for this person, right? So you had an avatar in mind as he was writing the role and yeah. then went looking for similar people. And it's it's what you said at the start was, so who's the dream team? You know, like, um, you know, LeBron James is on the on the dream team. So you're never, never necessarily going to have him on your team. But okay, now what's the characteristics that I'm looking for in that? Who, yeah. who resonates with that? So, you know, it might, it might not necessarily be that the people you put on that list are going to be the people you employ, but it's building a picture of what that avatar is, what that person looks like, what their attributes are. And it's, um, it makes it a lot easier for everyone else to identify. 
Um, it's really easy to go, you know, I want them to be punctual and accurate and, and the real boring sort of stuff. But to sort of go, you know, I, I want them to act like this. I want them to be like this person. These people really exude the, 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 the DNA that I'm looking for in this particular role mm. means that everyone else can start to have that picture and understand what it is that you're looking for. Yeah. Rather than that hard skill set, it's like, I want someone that can have real conversations. I want someone who can have empathy or that's, that can think outside the square. And, and this is an example of it. But the other thing I really liked about it is writing the role for the person. So if you've already got the team, or even once you've got them, writing the role for them. And we talked about this with Tours of Duty, but that, that's uniquely, he wrote, he wrote, Tarantino wrote Vincent Vega's role. And I, my mind was blown watching Reservoir Dogs last night going, Vic Vega, ha! And then like, uh, like, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I never actually put all of those things together before. Um, like Marcellus, I'm like, what? Like, okay. But you know, he had this, he, ha he, he had a framework to write the baseline character or tour of duty job description based on the avatar. But then when the, when, when the right person came along for the job, then it was slightly rewritten for that person's genius. Like yeah. you can't have Travolta and not have him dance. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and, enter, and enter the Jackrabbit Slims um, a scene. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's also going right. Okay. I've got this baseline. I know the avatar. I've written my job description for my avatar and I know what success looks like, but then going, when I find the actual human, how do I even bring how do I bring that genius out more? The uniquely them piece. Because what we find is people have a job description, hard facts, and they try to put a person in the box and they don't let them have their unique them. So what can you do to bring out the unique you in them? <laughs> like how, how, do you, how do you allow their own yeah. personality to shine? You really, it's... Um it's quite a tough one and it's not a it's not a magic pill it's not a it's not an overnight fix it's stuff that you know really <laughs> like most things no black Apparently magic box is not the answer as well yes <laughs> so i don't know that for certain because i didn't buy the rum so i dispute oh, that maybe you should try kyle's kyle's suggestion to my problems last night was rum <laughs> usually is the answer <laughs> Rum is the answer. <laughs> so it, it's not a magic pill. So we can't we can't just we can't just go to them. So what do you want, and how how do you want it to be? And yeah, you know, we, we actually need to get to understand them. We need to learn the things that light them up. We need to learn about um, you know what what unique skills outside of what we can see can translate into work that we want them to do, or that mm. we need them to do, or that the business needs to do. And it might mean that. You know, um, it might mean that your tradie that's really, really great at putting up frames is also your guy that's doing your social media. Well, yeah, your, your guy that's really, really, really good at fixing hydraulic pumps and fishing is also great at building a following. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and finding, you know, allowing that to come out and, and allowing the space for that means that, mm. you know, for, for someone that, that's interested, you know, they get to light up on both sides and they get to have fun and, and enjoy it. And, you know, the work, the work work becomes more meaningful because they're driving it with the stuff that they see as fun it's, or interesting or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the hierarchy of needs again, right? Variety, consistency, contribution, so if they feel like they're contributing on a bigger level, but they've also got the variety of not just doing the same job every day, we can, we can really help them. And it's the growth piece. Like they feel like they're growing because they are challenged a little bit more. That's where we can see them really blossom, right? Um, uh, one of the other teams that I work with, they had um, someone that, well, when we profiled was a blaze personality doing a 90% steel um, job and wondering why she was like a shrinking violet. Um, and it was like, oh, what can we do to fix this? Uh, and how can we add more blaze into it? But then going, her side hustle was 
like launching this catering business and then we're doing an on-site for all of the team and we need a caterer. The, the joy, like how stoked she was to be able to serve her team but the and the recognition from the team for like just, oh, just absolutely magical. And then going and doing all of the other stuff didn't seem like it was it was done like this because cup was so filled yep. that it wasn't that that energy vampire of the opposite energy tasks the battery was so over full that it didn't matter it was like bang 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 but when you're already depleted um and so you, you know you can't always support somebody's side hustle but even like you said social media or even just having them, having people, if they've got a creative brain, allowing them to come to another team's meeting to, to inject a little bit of um, personality into it. Like you see it with Google, like how they, one, one day a week, they can go into another team just to test the waters, Ethan, just to, to see. And the ideas of like, it's just, it's so beneficial to a team when we get someone from an, or in a business, we get an outsider's perspective, someone that's not usually in the shit. Yep. to come in yep. and cross pollinate it all definitely yeah. so I'm, I'm feeling like this is a, this is a really interesting point where we're we've been totally inspired by tarantino to talk about teams and we've stayed away from torture though yeah there's no Why? torture scene there is no torture scene <laughs> i don't know we're all we have, talking have you been in this week with me <laughs> Uh, if you are, oh, you can't see my back. Oh, maybe I look like a torture victim. Oh, oh, look at that. You have been cupped. I have been cupped, so we, but I forgot that I'd been cupped. It wasn't from beatings. It wasn't from beatings. It wasn't, I wasn't getting flogged. Although yesterday I went out wearing a backless dress thinking that I was going to be cold and be wearing a jacket all day. And it wasn't cold. And then I forgot that I had a back that looked like that and wondered why everyone was staring at me like I was some sort of weirdo or that they should hug me or take me off somewhere. <laughs> um, okay, where are you going with the torch line? Because I'm, I'm, I'm running a line. <laughs> well, it was more that we don't actually have to torture our, our staff. Um, I just thought it was quite They just torture us? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a... <laughs> Well, it does seem like that some days, um, but you know, like with we've, we've, Tarantino, it, it, a critical part is a torture scene in the movies, mm. and um, you know he spoke about that that was one of the unique part, parts of his DNA. So, I just thought it was funny that we're talking about all these things not to torture our, our staff, and you know we've been inspired by Tarantino. <laughs> by Tarantino's torture. Ah, oh, yeah, um, and oh. There was, uh, when, 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 we were, when I was watching Reservoir Dogs though as well, like the, how, like, there was just so many relationships to building teams, like in terms of when I built that team, like when they're picking who they need on the team to do the heist and like the different characteristics. But again, it came back to, and all of it comes back to playing to the genius and the unique strengths. It's like, oh, well, I have, like, we've got to put up with that loose unit because we really need that skill set. Now, I don't say in a team, don't put up with loose units because you need a certain skill set. You can find <laughs> more. Um, but it's, it, it's an interesting point that um, we still need to be tolerant of everyone in the team because we're not all the same. We're not, not everyone's yeah. going to be the same. Not, not everyone's going to be an open personality or a closed personality. And not everyone's going to be quiet or not everyone's going to be loud. And, you know, we do, we do need that tolerance in the team and mm. we have to have that understanding that you know well we actually need that person even though um they're, they're not exactly like me we still need that person in our team because that's what makes our whole team awesome yeah and it's that respect of the differences like a heist can't happen if each person doesn't have like if there's not that unique skill set like if you don't have someone that can do crowd control you you can't you can't pull off the heist right so you've got to think about like within an organization, if you didn't have someone that was great with the detail and the timing and like the, the checking of things, then nothing would get done on time. Everything would be half-assed and there'd be a fucking million 
errors in it, right? But conversely, if you left it, left it to someone that's so bogged down in the detail and that, then nothing would ever get out. So the, this understanding and respect of the different players within the team, like, so I, and I think we have talked about this before, but it comes down when I talk about profiling and making your dream team and understanding it. It's like, but wherever you look at your team and go, do you have a Mr. Pink? Do you have a Mr. White? Like, I don't know, if we, I don't know who needs a Mr. Blonde, but, um, but he's the psycho, by the way. <laughs> he's the one that goes, just killing everyone. Um, but he's the eco. But, um, but do you have a balanced team or are you more, are you too heavily weighted on one side of the table? Like if you look at, if you look at, is shit getting, I'm, I'm mirrored, so <laughs> is shit getting done or not? And do you, and going, okay, is it because I've got too many people, people and not enough doing people? Or have we got, have we got all the, like, often we see this with products or like services, they've got this amazing product service but nobody knows about it because in your case that they don't they don't have a gav <laughs> they have to tell the world yep 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 or a whole team's sharing the news or, or yeah know, and, and yeah are, are we are we getting are we getting started on a big wild project but not getting it finished because we don't have anyone that does the detail bit that yeah you know can actually sit there and final you know get those final details out or is everyone just head in the sky oh look at these great ideas shiny things shiny. Mm. or or even like someone on the, the tempo the timing people like keeping the detail people going okay that's great but you got to get that detail done by now you can't just keep going deeper and deeper yep. and you guys over here you need to pick this up <laughs> like wind it back so yeah making sure that you you've looked at how you compose your team and even and even if you don't if it's not someone's natural personality though that someone is able to take the responsibility for it like going okay in this particular project who's gonna who's gonna play this piece even in say even in team meetings like who's gonna play the timekeeper because if you if you know that you've got a really blazed personality running a meeting who's gonna keep the pace if you know you've got a real steel based person that's too heavy in the detail stuff running the meeting and then everyone's just like oh god kill me now who who's gonna whose responsibility is to hold the energy yep. and you can give people and i think that's a that's something else that's um can be quite unique to meetings because in in the old structure it's like the team leader runs the meeting and it's just on that person's shoulder to do it whereas when you when you deconstruct the norm you can kind of go actually your roles to keep pace your roles to keep the energy your roles to make sure that we get all the shit done and you can actually make it more of a team meeting rather than a dictator and and going to that whole the whole network idea rather than than you know hierarchy having a network yeah. where you know everyone's got a got a role to play in this this you know it's not i'm not just here to dictate things to you and, and bark at you and everything else but okay so we're we're all working together so that we can make this meeting happen but happen efficiently so you know we, we we've got a timekeeper we've got someone that's keeping it on track we, we've got the details where we need them but everyone's actually playing a role in this network rather than just a hierarchy of thou shalt do this yeah wouldn't that be a lovely life <laughs> what that's else did it. you uh, the, <laughs> well, that, that they all do what I tell them to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. What else? What else did you take out of either? Did you do your homework? Firstly? No. That's a no. I, I, I do know Pulp Fiction rather well, though. Mm. <laughs> um, for, for me, I, I think the biggest thing was bringing your own DNA. So whether, whether that's your business, whether that's your team, whether that's just the job that you're working on. For me, it, it was it was when Tarantino said, bringing your own DNA into your project, that was the, the trigger for me where I sort mm -hmm. of went, well, that was something that I know I certainly struggled with in the past of, you know, but everyone else does these things. I've got to do mm -hmm. these things because that's how we run a meeting or that's how we run a business or 
that's how we interact with an accountant or that's how we interact with the you know the client or whatever it is and yeah the the reason that we um that we gain credibility in our in our world is because of the unique dna that we bring and it's not because we're doing everything the same as everyone else it's because we found something that works that's different and i think that was that was the thing for me was bring your own dna bring bring it yeah don't, don't be loose and don't be wild and don't be disrespectful but bring your own dna own that dna bring that into your world and, and just absolutely embed it into what you want to happen well i love that because you know in in my program i call it the culture dna culture with a k why not um culture dna and it's like i've been working with a client actually just before this and they have an amazing like far beyond for us for a small size business only 11 employees to, they actually have a dna doc i'm like oh my god you are my people you call it dna and they have vision they had mission um they had values so like all the old construct stuff and some great stuff in there but it also a lot of it looked like it was um put together by a marketing department like great i could see the elements in there and I know, and I'm blessed to know the person and I've worked with them before. So I, I know that she's in there, but I, but we're going like, how, how actually can we make it more you and more them? Like, how do you, how do you extract this and more humanize it and make it more like DNA rather than vision, mission, values, like, and, and it, so it's evolved now into purpose, mission, five year session, virtues, and just even that again changing that mindset of the languaging to be different gives the space she's like oh the vision is supposed to be like this i'm like oh, fuck that throw that in the bin like the should it should be like this like let's let's talk about and then the conversation started flowing in terms of okay well how does that resonate and it was like oh wow actually that person doesn't even live like they're just not even aligned without values they don't operate and when they did this it's like this and it's like okay well how can you infuse that into what you do? And there was this whole now new client scorecard that's going to be used for, um, for how they know if they're doing the right, like really living up to their values with their customer. And they're going to survey the customer to say like, how, like what's important to you? And then how do we, how do we make sure that we're living up to it? And then how do we really live that? And now they've got a whole new, not only DNA about their inside culture, it's becoming the DNA of how they deal with their clients. And I can tell you, it is just going to absolutely set them apart from any competitors because her real why and passion about what she does is now infused into all of those things. Whereas before it was like, yeah, that was there, but they didn't actually know how to, like, it was like, yeah, this is how we operate, but it wasn't really like, this is how we actually integrate. Yeah, what's the tactical steps that make us look like that or be like that? Yeah, um, and that—that's certainly something that's hard to do as as a team leader or a business leader is to break apart the the big airy fairy picture that's yeah the the guiding light you know the virtues or whatever that that's that guiding light and then turning that into the tactical things that we can mm. uh, you know almost measure yeah. so that we know that we're marching the right way. Um, you know, it's, I don't know that measures the right description, but yeah, we, we kind of, we want to use those virtues and, and the reason for calling them virtues rather than values is that, you know, virtues are something to strive for. This is, this is what we're aiming towards. So, you know, what are the actions or the tactical things that we do each day that march us towards that bigger picture? Yeah. Um, and then again, for those that haven't heard Carl and I talk about this before, it's because we believe that. A value like values of people's beliefs and we can't force our beliefs upon somebody else where a virtue is something that we can collectively decide and a virtue by virtue is something you strive towards rather than rather than it just being that um not always that innate thing it's, it's like a decision with intent and that you actually decide that you're working towards rather than because sometimes a value can be just based from programming and we haven't even questioned where it's come from Whereas yep. a virtue is a decision. And it's not really fair for us to embed as a, as a team leader or as a business owner, it's not really our, our role to embed values on people. Yeah, we should, we should be employing people that come 
with their own set of values and that you know they don't they shouldn't have to change their values because of you know oh, I'm now working in this business so now I have to believe all of these things but it's certainly something that we want in our business to be striving for a certain achievement or a, an outcome or a mm. you know a, a something that we want to see happen um, and that's why I, I think the virtues is a much better description yeah 100 percent. well i just i see the difference when we've communicated to teams the difference in them and how they feel like they can contribute especially when we talk about those layers of how a virtue like because often with a, a value it's a bit hard like people struggle to figure out how do you live it whereas when we talk about the virtues and the different levels of it and and the striving and the examples of how you go about this and that it just in and getting the team involved into what does it mean to you and how would you strive towards it that that embodiment is so much deeper absolutely like so for us the the planet plus thing so you know we, we didn't go out and say that we're tree hugging greenies that you know love every single leaf and plant and animal on the on the earth what we said is that we're planet plus and so the the underlying thing for that is that you know so long as you're actually thinking about that you know like are you are you thinking about how much plastic you're using are you thinking about um, do I need to print things am I using a keep cup instead of you know, like am I walking outside with a normal cup rather than getting a throwaway cup um, you know all of these things help us achieve the virtues and help us make those steps towards the virtues rather than you know I love trees and I hug trees every day yeah because it when we like when we were talking about that and I was like oh we want to be more eco then it was like but we work with minds so that's like a disconnect and that was a disconnect but when we were like no we're planet plus and it's like we just want to make better choices like where we can we want to make better choices and i loved it because i think it wasn't long after that that joel did his road trip to south australia and then he sent us that photo that he'd taken a big water cooler full of water on the road with him because he used to stop at, like used to buy a bottle of water at every servo trip and he was like, oh my gosh, I can just take A, saves money, B, saves planet. And yep. and was making his billy with his um with his kick cup. And I was like, I couldn't be more proud. Um <laughs> But it was but just it, that simple small steps. Yeah. Like just that small and then if if you like for me, we we always talk about the kick cups. It's like my one little thing. Um but my client Greg now, whenever I go there, he also loves bulletproof. And he knows I won't have my bulletproof unless I've got my kit cup. And then so um, I would I used to roll in and because I in the van I always have extra keep cups. I'd stop and get the boys a bulletproof and I'd roll in with all the keep cups and then I'd be like, okay, you've got to give them all back before I leave. And then I turned up the other day and he's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna um, get Tian to get me a bulletproof. You want one? And I was like, yes, please. And then I was like, oh, I don't have another keep cup for you today. And he was like, ta-da! <laughs> and he bought a husk. And he's like, and so now he's he's got one. And I'm like, if I just make that one small win every time. <laughs> yep. And, but that, that's that's the whole purpose of the virtues is that every step that we take is just taking a step closer towards that. You know, it, it, it's a never it's a never achievable, but always something to work towards. You know, like planet plus it's it's not something that we get to the top of the summit and we high five the world and go we achieve that it's something that we do every single day yeah and it's just those, those little de little decisions every step yeah so it, it was quite a um you know it's quite an interesting segue into teams to start with a, a tarantino interview and um i think the key thing is, is that no matter what your team is, is that you, you're you're always bringing your own DNA. You're always trying to bring that that uniqueness to it, and that's what makes you great. That's what then helps make your team great. Um, and then, you know, just keep doing it. Just keep keep bringing that that uniqueness to the world. Yeah, be you. Everybody else is taken. Yeah, definitely. And how can you? And I think that's the mic drop. Yeah, boom, boom, and we're done. And awesome. And we're done. Cut. Awesome. So if everybody is enjoying what we're talking about, please remember to subscribe wherever you are capturing us. Uh, we are on YouTube. We are on Facebook. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple um, 
hang on, what is it called? I'm not an Apple person. So wherever Podcast. you might find us, make sure you subscribe. Um, there is a website. There will be a link in the bottom there. So if you're oh, interested in capturing these moments right before they get out to the world, please subscribe and we'll get the most information to you. And finally, the most important thing, tell us your favorite beers. We do want to know what we should be sharing on a Friday. Because you got a bin tang holder. Oh, wait. I've got a bin tang holder. Uh, I thought I had you my commune one. What beers are, are going on in the world? So share your favorites in the comments as well. Apart from that, we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to the Team Engineered podcast. Are you ready to build a kick ass team, weaponize your workforce, and live an epic life? If so, connect with us at www.teamengineered.com. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.